You're listening to the Pitch Deck Podcast. All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack Podcast, episode 26. Matt, I don't know if you realize it, but this is our very first autumnal episode. Autumnal. Uh, it being of August or autumn. Uh, not Absolutely. August, autumn, yes. <laughs> autumnal, that's one of my favorite words. Because um, it sounds like you can't say something's autumnal without sounding like you're just an absolute pompous douche. It's like... Like, it's never, it's never Quite. used in like a way where you're just like, oh, is that, is that, that candle? Is that autumnal? Like, I don't know. It's never good. Yeah. I would just probably clock someone if they said that. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> well, Matt, here we are on the eve of your departure to Northern Carolina. Yep. Um, in, in less than, uh, in less than 12 hours. Oh, no, wait. Uh, well, in less than 12 hours, I'll hopefully be in the air. Uh, and in uh, 14 hours, hopefully, I'm already in uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be sweet. I'm excited. Excited to live vicariously through you. Excited to text you in case there's any deals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just let me know what you're looking for. <laughs> Absolutely. What um, you buying? Yeah, right. Probably all sorts of stuff. Um, but. Before, I mean, like the nat. Before we get to the nationals, before we get to the meta game, um, and what's gone on at other nationals, I think the biggest news this week is that LSS spoiled a new hero. Um, oh and yeah, the UPF hero might as well have been a merchant. Well, UP. I think we're jumping the gun here with UPF. Sure, he's probably UPF legal, but. I mean, I can't see a world where, like, they are designing specifically for, like, political, like, interactions in that, uh, in that way. Like, healing your, uh, enemies, you know? So, I think this is actually uh, a sign towards PvE, really. I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably, I think you, that makes a lot of sense. It probably like manage it in... Yeah, you can probably manage him in UPF and like, you know, political, uh, make a political alliance to protect someone. But this is very, very PVE-esque. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That makes a lot more sense because. um, Possibly a controversial opinion. Um, I don't think it is, but I'll say it anyway. I don't. UPF sucks. It's not a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't. I. They need to find another outlet other than just like copying Commander from Magic because Commander just doesn't work for this game. Fair. Um, I'm I'm still actually I keep think I keep thinking about it a lot, but I keep wanting to. The problem I'll just say it. I keep wanting to try to play Arena, but the problem I'm having with like. Uh, committing to building the deck for it is that it's hard to find there's not hard it's impossible currently to use a online tool to help you uh, assemble this list for arena uh, arena fab um, 
and building it in paper is like i don't know i just don't find myself uh i don't i just don't find myself wanting to go out of my way to do it yet but i thought about it a lot yeah i think that makes sense i i definitely think about arena a lot i feel like it's goofy enough where i don't necessarily need like a dark a deck list to start with but i see exactly what you're saying like there's yeah, just no it's like to, to motivate you to get started it would be nice yeah. to have like an actual list but like you know what let me just go pull all the cards right because it's a it's a singleton format so you would need to like make sure you're covering all your bases right like there's got to be some sort of like good uh like in commander like a balance of certain kind of card effects right depending on the two heroes that you've chosen to be the lead of your deck yeah i, I think it, um it's, it's yeah a, you're right you need an inspo album for sure for sure a hundred percent um so yeah, uh, I th- I've been thinking about that a lot, and I'm sure Yoji would be interesting if there was like a multiplayer arena, like absolutely combining like a guardian that has a protection ability with another uh, hero. Uh, I don't know what you would want to combine it with, but it it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But other than Yoji, we did get something so so sweet for uh, wizard players. A that is blessing correct. of aether yeah we got the blessing of aether which is a it seems to me like a really good card i mean when i first looked at it i was like this card's ridiculous but then the more i thought about it uh because it's like restricted until the start of your own turn i guess it's not as it's not as consistent as i feel like wizards would want it to be but maybe that's a good thing i think it's good i uh I also heard the same thing about it being crazy good, but I don't believe that. Um, it's a, it's definitely, it's a rare cycle card. Um, I don't think it's a common because that would be really good. Uh, not that it would it would actually not matter because it's not a draftable set, but uh, I'm pretty sure this is a rare. And uh, it buffing your arcane damage uh, for three for one resource, and it's an aura. I don't know how relevant that might be, but it is an aura. Uh, it could be destroyed by some other effects, not by uh, not by uh, whatever that card is called. Um, the other wizard card, right? Uh, the X yeah. one. But yeah, uh, the, it, um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it, it'll buff your uh, main on your turn. Your next uh, arcane damage effect on a card uh, specifically has to be a card uh, by three. So that's neat. That's really neat. It's better than playing paying two mana for a uh stir of the aether wins and then getting to play something out for plus three. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. It's a cool card. It's good to see a wizard get like a little bit more support, but I feel yeah. like with wizard they need to be very careful. That's one of the things is uh-huh. like um it's too easy for that to blow up in their face. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, this is costed uh one. This is costed one. Definitely pushed towards Icelander, for sure. Um, if the art didn't tip you off, uh, the cost of it being one and leaving you with two left over for Waning Moon, uh, hopefully tipped you off. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you would the red ones hopefully have for your main turn, and then uh, a blue one if that's really what you're trying to do. I'm not sure. 
uh, on your opponent's turn. Seems like you have better things to do than just play this aura out that I was going to buff your arcane damage for one. Um, yeah. But in, in Popper, if it's if this ends up being a common in Popper, that might not be bad, that bad. That, that'd be pretty solid. Not Popper, you know, commoner, whatever. That'd be pretty yeah. solid. No, I think that would that'd make Wizards significantly more playable in commoner, where Wizards almost unplayable right now. Really? Huh. Well, like you can put a deck together. It's just you're missing so many pieces. For um, sure. And your health is so low. And there's so many decks that are still explosive. No, I see that. This could be a common. Yeah. I mean, we don't know because it's a promo. But um, yeah, I, well, that and they um, I don't think they've done a promo of a common in a long time. Really? Uh, pff, recent memory. I mean, not in Uprising because they've been doing the specializations. Um, yeah, they definitely did an uprising. Everfest, they were doing the yeah, they were doing the rare cycles. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they've done they have done common promos before, so that's that's for sure. But just yeah. not common armory promos. I think most of the armory promos have been uh rares, right? Uh unless I'm uh, forgetting something. Yeah, you gotta go back really far. They they did do commons at one point, but you gotta go back real far. Uh, I don't yeah. Um, actually, no, not at all. Not far at all. Uh, Tales of Aria, burgeoning. That's a common. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there. I knew. I knew they'd done it recently. I know it's not uh, uh that recently, but it is recent. Um, but yeah, no. The the two promos that we're getting look real cool. Yoji uh, seems hopefully uh, when we finally know more about PVE, hopefully Yoji is more enticing because at the moment it seems pretty underwhelming. Yeah. However, um, yeah, I'm hoping there's uh more than. I mean, obviously they said we're getting a new class, so obviously there's at least one more hero in here. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to maybe getting a new uh CC hero, and we might not be getting that. So uh, we may yet, we may yet, and uh. But something else I think we should talk about maybe are the playmats, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, what, it's a the, Royal Edict and then the Dynasty Key Art, right? Yeah. So, like, the Dynasty Key Art, lately at least, the Key Art for most of the sets that we've had uh, for the past, I don't know, a couple times, right? Um, Like, Uprising had the Uprising playmat, and it was a Majestic card, right? The actual card named Uprising. Um, and then we had, well, this is actually, I don't know if it's comparable, but in Uprising, at least it was the Majestic. So maybe this art that's in the, uh, the key art for the set, maybe it's a landmark or maybe I mean, that would make the majestic. most sense. Maybe it's a majestic um, that says like enter the throne room or some shit like that. Yeah. I think th to me, that makes the most sense is for it to be a landmark because, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of nouns in this game, you know? Right. My only concern, though, uh, I'm just, I just don't see... I get that the fables are not supposed to be, like, ultra playable, but I just, I hate seeing um, the opportunity to d introduce, like, really cool design limited to, like, two heroes. Yeah. You know, like, oh, here's a draconic landmark. It's like, okay, great. Neither of these decks actually even want to play this draconic landmark. So thank you for the $50 fabled. Can't um, even fit these dragons indoors. Yeah, I mean. That rolls out. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem that great. It, it, yeah, if it makes dragons, it's not going to be playable in Fi. And it's, 
going to be something specific for Dromai. I doubt it. Uh, I think it's more worth talking, spending time talking about the other playmat, uh, the Imperial Edict. Yeah. That, that looks cool. I mean, the art looks cool. Yeah, it's super cool. I feel like um, maybe I maybe it's just like the onslaught of like orange hot mats we've gotten. But uh, I don't know. I was kind of hoping they'd go in a different direction for the Dynasty play mats than just more draconic stuff. But it's cool. Well, this um, is only one of what we've seen so far. And of course, Dynasty is going to be heavily themed around the Uprising uh, story. Yeah. So I'm sure this is not our last uh, last orange and brown and red play mat. Yeah, what no, yeah, I think you're correct. So, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to get a little bit of Dynasty news. Um, the other big piece of Dynasty news that we got um, is it actually has a release date now. Oh, really? Um, of November 11th. Sweet. And uh, they've also dropped a bit of a spoiler schedule on us as well. Um, with, uh, I don't know, it seems like by mid-October, this entire set is going to be spoiled really so, Ooh, that's exciting yeah i don't know i'm uh i'm excited for this it is interesting that they added to the product configuration that it's designed to expand constructed play which i don't know if that necessarily stomps on my belief that this was going to be a multiplayer focus set but i uh, think i was just saying i think constructed is being used like not specifically referring to classic constructed just uh constructed formats to not give away the idea that this is like a limited format yeah um yeah that makes sense something that still bothers me and i still want the answer to one of these days what happened to the professor in flesh and blood i need to know okay yeah right james white if you're listening to this damn it tell us that is interesting Especially because this. as we speak, um, I believe I believe a podcast premiered today with Pleasant Kenobi, who is a good friend of the professor, continuing to talk about uh, Flesh and Blood. Really? Uh, is it so a dies to removal? Uh, I don't know. Let me check real quick. Well, yeah, I mean, Pleasant Kenobi has been getting into the Flesh and Blood verse a bit. Um, he does isn't necessarily like into it for like you know uh you know the accolades and the competitiveness of it but he enjoys the game and its art and uh the flavor and the actual gameplay um so you know i mean that's always a great uh voice to have on your side but it's so weird that you know the professor one of the biggest tcg voices out there like for magic and anything else really uh, is kind of like taking a backseat on it. And it's not like he has disavowed the game or anything. I mean, he has uh, he has sealed boxes on his shelf still. It comes up in every video. So it's not like he doesn't like this game. Yeah. So um, it, it kind of also, like it was like uh, me like that. This is just, he just like dead dropped from Fab Sphere like entirely. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Especially he didn't do a booster box game either, which he had no. done for the last two sets. Exactly. Um, but Pleasant Kenobi was on instant speed with Flake today. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't realize because when somebody somebody, I guess Flake posted it and he's like ISP interviews Pleasant Kenobi and 
ISP for me is always going to be internet service provider or insane clown posse. Like it will never be instant speed podcast. Yeah, but ISP is an insane clown posse. Oh, I know. <laughs> ICPISP. It just does it. It's because of the S and the C. You pronounce them both starting with the same sound, so they create a similar um, initialism mentally for me. That's funny. I get it. That's funny though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, that's, that's pretty big. And I, that is interesting to me. I think, um, I don't know. I think, uh, maybe, prof- maybe the professor was just overwhelmed. Um, and he was tired of getting all this like hate or maybe, um, maybe wizards gave him. Some- well, no, I don't know. I feel like no, he is he, not involved with wizards at all. No wizard. Yeah, exactly. Was he, he does magic stuff for the love of it now. I mean, he I mean, he's always done it for the love of it, which is why he still does it. But Wizards essentially kind of like blacklisted him just because of his his honest critique of anything and everything they do. And it's deserved. But the thing is, Wizards become corporate now, so they have to have this unspoken truth of this, like the 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 quiet part. They don't say out loud thing is, you know, don't associate with the professor. Yeah. You know, Hasbro's probably just, you know, hey, this guy's bad rep, this bad PR. Don't uh don't give him anything. Oh yeah, I think that uh And I think uh Kenobi knows where to toe the line to remain in the in the good graces without totally uh without totally being disingenuous. Cause yeah. he has fair criticism and he's been very critical. But he's always towed a sort a certain line, as far as I've noticed in his videos, and he still gets plenty of uh, product preview stuff. Yeah, that and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the only thing I can think of is that there was a falling out um, after he kind of ripped into the classic battles deck. I mean, I just don't. <sighs> I don't know, man. It just I, I I would hate for that to be the the case. It just kind of doesn't seem. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And I mean, it seems like he's not entirely out. So we'll see, I guess. Who's to say? Well, All if right, you get so, more info, we'll discuss it here. Absolutely. Um. So we'll move on to the. Uh, I don't know, the elephant in the room, if you will, with nationals. They start tomorrow. Um, so, uh, I don't know if this is the healthiest meta. Because um, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, 23% of all top eight decks are Oldham. Um, and the next closest one is Briar at 14. Yeah, Oldham's the deck to beat. Um, and Briar, it's because of Briar, right? If Oldham wasn't there, I think Briar would be out of control. But because yeah. Oldham is there, he also dunks on like half of the other decks. So uh, he's kind of just uh, holding the place down at the top. It'd be really funny if he living legend before Briar because of this uh, dominance he has. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it'd be quite entertaining for that to happen. Um, because everyone is expecting Briar to Living Legend any minute now. Like, uh, just breathe on the deck and it, Living Legends. Um, but yeah, no, Oldham's like 
a fucking menace to play against, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's it's annoying. The deck is very annoying to play against. Um and uh on top of it being annoying, um really I feel like the main trend sender trend setter in competitive deck building um is one Tarek Patel and he um he won the Canadian Nationals on Oldham. Uh which um to me says that Dramai actually looks really good for US nationals. I mean, to me it tells me that I should uh buy a citizenship in uh Lithuania and then just <laughs> drive over there and then uh <laughs> drive I said drive. Sound like an idiot now. Uh fly over there and just go snatch that uh national championship trophy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that seems reasonable. Tariq is a a great player. He would probably perform well any national championship he performed in or played in. So, um, but yeah, no, it's just funny. The fact that uh, he has, because national championships are leaded, uh, championships are uh, limited to those who actually reside in the uh, country. And uh, Tariq Patel has two national championships in two different countries. So... (laughs) Yeah, right. They um they certainly seem to have gotten a little bit stricter about that this year, which is good. Nice, very good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, looking at Tarek's list, there's nothing too crazy. Um I mean, he's running a lot of one-ofs, which is interesting, but I guess that's okay uh in a very slow guardian build cuz you are going to see your entire deck. Yeah. Um that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And, uh, I mean, looking through that top eight, nothing else really stood out to me, um, in terms of like, I mean, obviously Reinar making it to the finals is that stands out to me, right? That's highly unusual. But I think it's because of the placement of the, the meta and how he performs against the top decks. Like he can hold his own against those ice heroes very well. Yeah. Uh, it just happened to be that, you know, Tariq Patel outclassed Ian Smith in this in this very specific match. Uh, not to say that Ian would, you know, wouldn't beat him in another match. But, um, but you know, it was the one that mattered. We could have had a Reinar uh, national champion. That would have been interesting. Yeah. But to be fair, uh, Reinar is just really good. Um, undervalued. But, of course, we'll always suffer from the the uh the brute uh randomness but you can build around that which is essentially like how good uh good brute players operate yeah that's fair i mean i think that makes sense it's just uh, at the end of the day um i feel like very few decks in fab right now can afford for something to go horribly wrong and i think you're just opening up another there, there's your there's just another way to expose yourself with brute uh oh, for seems sure. to be the issue <clears throat> i would I say know. though examining the deck's um build itself it, it's built in a way that minimizes that uh that rng ish rng ish part of it do you understand yeah. like the minimizing of effects that will uh, ruin your day if they go wrong. 
Because, I mean, look at this particular list. It has uh, a couple cards that do say discard a card at random. Uh, particularly like Savage Feast and Wrecker Romp. Alpha Rampage is always going to be in every deck, so that's never a problem. Um, but like uh, Savage Feast, Wrecker Romp, um, Blood Rush Bellow, but that usually goes well, especially if you plan around it. It's not like you're going to just play Blood Rush Bellow with two non-attack actions in your hand. That's not, not really... Uh, not on the menu that's not the part of the game plan um but those are the only two cards that i've seen that have a random discard effect and those have a, a massive benefit for getting a discard out there you know record romp is a big attack savage feast replaces the card you discard and the rest of the deck essentially has ways to help uh defend yourself and uh swing out big yeah I mean, there's a surprising amount of utility cards in yeah. this Reinar list that finished second. It's um, a very turtleish Reinar. Yeah, three. That all you got. I mean, you got Fate for Seeing. You've got mm-hmm. three Sigils, uh, three Sink Belows. Yeah, it is very turtley. And all the cards block for three, uh, excluding oh, Toma Findall. Excluding Toma Findall. But yeah, I think um, that's reasonable though. Yeah, that's fine though. Because, I mean, you roll the scab skins, you hit that shit. I mean, you're you're living the life. Um, you're him, essentially. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it is quite interesting. We also see, uh, I think this is interesting, three of of clearing Bellow shows up on the list. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say that this is probably one of the better cards. Only... For its uh, pitch and block utility. Yeah. And in the worst case, it is a zero cost that you can just play. And it yeah, doesn't I mean, you didn't it, win so a I game mean, with that. Hey, yeah, exactly. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, I do like this Reinhardt list. I might actually put this together and give it a shot or two. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got this list essentially put together, a version of it. Uh, the Nationals winner. I uh, forgot what her name was. She won a national somewhere else. Um, I have that list assembled, but uh, it is a little different than this one, which I like this one a lot more. Um, but I want to play some more games. It's Anitya. Uh, I don't want to pronounce her last name. Kalaichelvans, Malaysia National Championship first. Oh, yeah. We, we might have gone over last week. Uh, just briefly, yeah, it's but Anitya I have the Kalaichelvan. Yes. Damn, that was great. Um, I have this list thrown together. Uh, but I, I do like the one uh, that battled Tariq as well. So we'll have to see. I might uh, play these a little bit. But yeah. anyways, uh, Tariq Patel's ultim list is pretty much standard, like you said. Um, three pummels, though. I mean, uh, four pummels, sorry. Four yeah, he's, just, he's the running there. the one of yellow, right? It's kind of yeah. weird. Well, the yellow's, you know, just another a, a fourth pummel, essentially, that can pitch for a little more. If yeah. need be, these decks seem to have a ability to get pretty wide and also get pretty turtley, right? Like you've got the E Strike Zealous Beltings lines going on, but then you can kind of just get out there and randomly, um, oak and old full fuse, uh, and then double pummel, like I just got done to me earlier on, uh, Talishar. <laughs> um, I still won that game though. <laughs> nice. I, I got hit for it with a, a no block pummel pummel 15 damage oak and old my hand goes away and I still won that game. Um, yeah. 
fun times. But uh, yeah, no, it's actually interesting. I've realized that the heave is like an old him is incredibly good. Like you're not even playing these pulverizes like they're not. It's not worth it. And even if you were running them, it's not a big deal because you just heave. Then you uh, yeah, you just crown away your heaves card and then you get uh, then you get three seismics for your next oak and old to play it for free or your glacial footsteps and play that thing for only three resources i mean it's incredible like it's really cool like you just pitch your blue at the end of your turn get extra cards in your hand it almost feels like giving them letting them stay with the extra cards isn't as detrimental as it was before not detrimental but like you know negative uh like balanced uh net positive value i guess i don't the words I'm looking for are fail. I'm failing to find the words I'm looking for, but um, they can't do a lot with a full grip other than like maybe fuse where they wouldn't fuse. Right. But now they have the pummels and they also have, you know, ways to kind of just use those resources like heave. Oh, that makes sense. Um, or they just, uh, they've got ways to get a little bit aggressive and then they're uh, just in general, their pitch is more optimized. Right. Yeah. I had a, there was a turn like that same term. I turn. I got hit with a start of the turn e strike, and then uh, it was the free oak and old fused, and then pummels. It was just kind of like oh gross. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't know. I've I've seen people online saying that <clears throat> Oldham is so dominant that it's possible that they hit a card. Um, I don't know if they do. But it's certainly worth considering, uh, especially if Oldham ends up taking the U.S. National Championship. I think we might see them hit a card. See, like, I'm not sure. So far, they've only ever hit cards where they feared something could happen or something was happening and they needed to take care of it. I don't really see anything, really that you could target and then old him or the decks wouldn't just like take it out for something else. Like you can't, you, you're not going to get rid of pummel. It's not going to happen. Can't rid of crown. Cause then the card's dead. And then no one's buying tales of Aria. The, the deck's dead and you, no one's buying tales of Aria. Um, you're not going to hit, uh, like Oak and old. Cause then the deck isn't that good. Like, Oak and old is like the strongest attack the deck has to actually punish you and hit you for some really big damage and control your hand. Um, so like, I don't see what they could hit. I mean, channel like frigid is a staple for both old him, the top tier deck and Icelander, the deck that's trying to be the top tier deck. So it needs that. It needs to exist. Um, I don't really see them hitting anything. Uh, I think if they hit anything, uh, it's brothers in arms. Um, Really? What? No, you're, it's not even in the list. I mean, what? it's in a. Oh, it's in a lot of other lists. Is oh, it not I, in I, I've seen it. No, it's not in Terex's list. I have seen that card. I don't think it's worth banning. Uh, it just plays really well with Crown. Pretty sure. Um, it's just convenient. But that's all the deck has. I don't know. I feel like the deck needs uh, that those kinds of little. Uh, ways to gain small advantage i don't know i don't know man it's it just doesn't seem like a card worth painting yeah i don't 
I, don't know. I just don't see what they could hit. Um, and it's not oppressive enough where they should hit anything. I think it's just right now it's really good into the into the field of aggro decks, and there are some yeah, decks that can actually sense. beat it out. So I'm hoping that that happens because uh, Ultim's nowhere. Oh, if Ultim's the strongest deck in the format, we're gonna be in for a very bad time. He only has 300 living legend points. Yeah, and that's with a recent update. Right. So if he's like the best deck in the format, we're going to be seeing it for a long time. And I'm not yeah. I'm not about that. Um, so I think actually Briar will probably leave. And she, you know, she might actually take nationals. Um, hopefully. <laughs> and then Dynasty will come and shake things up. Uh, hopefully enough to actually uh, make old him not as uh, prevalent. Give all the other tools, uh, all the aggro decks tools to kind of uh, help them in their old him matchups. I think people are also just playing, uh, making micro uh, mistakes. You know, these decisions are, these micro decisions will impact the entire game. And people are making mistakes and then they pay for them. And this yeah. is a kind of deck where you have to afford, you can't afford to take, make those mistakes. And you need to be able to put the most amount of damage through their defenses as you can. Somebody was doing the math. Somebody I know was doing the math. They played. Um, they played several matchups like online against Ultim. And one of the benefits of one of the benefits of playing on Talishar is that they give you stats. Right, they give you stats of regarding like how much damage you've dealt. Right. And he got a win against old him having dealt uh, like 170 something damage or having presented 179 damage, right? Something like that. The number like that big playing Briar, mind you. Uh, and you essentially, and they blocked a lot of damage. So you essentially need to present like 140 to 170 damage without decking yourself to kill old him. Yeah, I mean that's throughout the entire entirety of the game. That's like those numbers will fluctuate a lot depending on how well you play the game and how you plan ahead. Yeah. That's a, that's actually really fascinating. Um I guess like, yeah, I mean, I guess your turns go a little over the top. Like you're probably. Yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at nine, 10, 11 turns uh, yeah. to beat Oldham. <clears throat> it's very interesting. interesting. Huh. I'll have to play a little more Talishar and get some more stats. For sure. Um, and the end game stats on Talishar are very helpful. And you know what's great is that you could actually pull up your February list that you're using on Talishar. And February takes the data from your games on Talishar and, and compiles it for that deck. Like, for example, I have my Viscerai uh, deck that I've been testing on Talishar. And it, I can pull up the stats tab here. Um, I could pull up the stats tab and then it will tell me all of the stats that for my deck that I've been playing, like results, right? All of my matchup results. So against uh against Oldham, which I've played the most games against, I have lost 
uh, four out of six games against Oldham. Oh, yeah. And against Icelander, I've won three out of four games. So my worst matchup right now is Oldham. I also have uh, one. Out, I've lost two, two out of three games against Dash, but I need more of those matchups. And mostly it's learning the matchup uh, to make. I had to make those mistakes. Um, but it gives you other stats, too. Uh, now we're kind of just cross. Uh, we're just plugging for February here, but uh, I think it's <laughs> a great it's a great tool. Um, but I have a 50 percent win rate, apparently. <laughs> Uh, my card most frequently used to block is Bellblade Assault Red. The one I pitch the most is Shrill of, Shrill of Skullform Blue. And the one I play the most is Runeblood Incantation. Interesting. Very. Huh. And it has stats for all the cards in your deck. Like, how many times have you seen it? How many times have you blocked with it? How often do you pitch it? And how often do you play it? Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to, um... I need to mess with this more because I really appreciate that level of data. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I'm going to show it to you after. Um, I'll, I'll show it to you briefly after our, the podcast and give you like an idea of like, what my page looks like for Viserai right now after playing like 22 matches on Talishar. Oh, right on. Well, that said, I think looking at the metagame, I think looking at deck lists <laughs> and what's popping up, um, I think that we see, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just too easy to be like, oh, Oldham's going to get there. But I think we do end up seeing Oldham or Jermai, uh take it this weekend in the U.S. championships. I would be super surprised, very surprised if Jermai, if more than like, I, I'll get, I'll be generous. If more than like, Two Dromais make top eight. I'll be surprised. Yeah, I mean, three of anything in a top eight, you're just absolutely dominant. Yeah, no, so. I think I think we'll probably at least see one. Yeah, I think eight. so too. I think the deck has so many good matchups right now. And I think the the type of player that goes to Nats and how they metagame for things, uh, like I feel like a lot of a lot of Dromai's bad matchups just don't show up this weekend. So we'll see. Yeah, I think so too. It'll it'll depend on how you can dodge the uh, the uh, round one and two uh, dark horses that'll just ruin your day. Um, I'm really hoping to dodge a couple of those because I remember my first uh, calling. I had a dark horse just ruin my <laughs> ruin my streak. So yeah, that um that's gotta suck. That definitely sucks. Um, well, I guess the main impact we are seeing from nationals um and the results of these games is we are seeing fluctuations in market prices um which is very interesting uh i think um in a weird way we're kind of uh we're able to see what's going on with the metagame just with the way that cards are fluctuating in price um so, mm-hmm. a couple notable ones. Um, something I think is incredibly interesting is... Oh, where is it? It just spiked in price. Well, it didn't spike. But uh, we've seen Oldham single-handedly resurrect Stalagmite. 
Uh, I picked mine up for $45. It's back up to 60 bucks. I think that's, that's cool. I'm glad to see that that card is not, um, like completely gone. And at the same time, we've seen Heart of Ice go up a couple bucks as well. So it's interesting to see uh, people are actively trying to build Oldham. I think that's interesting. But it's interesting, um, though. Art of Ice doesn't see any play. Do- oh, it does. Where do they pl- who do they play it against? I don't know. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like it's not in every single list, but some people like to sideboard it uh, yeah. as Oldham. Interesting. I don't know. I've not seen it played at all. I mean, not that they would play it against Visrai, but uh, I guess that would be why I haven't seen it because all, all I'm playing is that. Um, yeah, interesting. Quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's just people picking it up just to have as they move into Oldham. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like how a lot of Briar players eventually pick up Shock Charmers, even though they don't really play it ever. True. Uh, so I think that's interesting. Um, I think it's interesting that New Horizons is down 25 bucks. That uh, New Horizon dropping like that is unheard of. That card has been $150 since the beginning of time. Yeah. Going... Going down to 125 is crazy. Is that the uh, cold foil or the rainbow foil? That is just the that is the cheapest listing on TCG. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, aside from that, uh, the market has kind of stayed relatively still. Uh, I guess like uh, in terms of the new heroes being spoiled, nothing has really pushed anybody towards any sort of uh, I don't know. We haven't really seen anything that's pushing anyone to pick up cards or anything like that. Uh, I do think maybe we see some wizard stuff go up a little bit uh, with that new card they dropped. But aside from that, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It seems like most people have the cards they want and we're not seeing a lot of fluctuation. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's probably the case. I mean, the top two decks are all heroes that have been out for a year now um and droma is relatively cheap to assemble excluding maybe the equipment um which is why i guess we're seeing some of those equipment go up uh so i don't know it's uh yeah it's interesting maybe just the the market's not really uh looking to to go down or up anymore they're kind of just uh finding their price homes as they'd call it yeah and I, I don't know i think the thing that's most interesting right is the card that has jumped up the most in price this week by far is uh part of Fiendal, um which i don't really see it in any list but i can see people wanting to run it in tankier oldham and dash builds um, yeah so it's interesting to see that go from like that card was at 150 for so long and then last week it was up to 170 and this week it's up to 210 like that is just an unheard of leap in price for a card so i don't know that's fascinating to me hmm. yeah 40 bucks yeah big big jump absolutely well all in all not a lot to talk about this week i think it's like the <clears throat> great bomb before the storm right uh of nationals this weekend I'm sure next week we will have a ton to talk about. I'm excited oh, to sure. get your firsthand experiences. So, yeah, and uh, I will have participated throughout the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Going to look forward to tomorrow, which is going to be the 
uh, chill day for anyone not playing Nats is kind of just do what you want. So I'm going to kind of look around to see if there's any cool deals or artists uh, things yeah, right. get signed and uh, hopefully get some uh, side side uh, side events going. Maybe get some tickets if there's some cool uh, prizes up. And yeah, then we'll absolutely. see how we do in the calling. I mean, hopefully I make day two. And if I don't, well, uh, Sunday will be for getting the rest of the tickets I'll need to buy that cool play mat I like. Yeah, right. A little side event Sunday. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to next week. Looking forward to hearing back from you. Hopefully, Viscerai takes down Nats. Yes, um, of course. And you'll be interviewing next week the uh, North Carolina calling champion. Yeah, right. That'd be awesome. Me. Uh, We'd have the exclusive. Um, exclusive. Cool. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week's episode. Uh, we will see you all next week. Catch you later.